If you'll open your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Matthew 16, and I'm going to read there a few verses starting in verse 24, uh, and then want to pray over the word as we receive it today. So Matthew 16 and verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses his life or his soul? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will reward according to what each, uh, according to what he has done. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, that we find in it everything that we need because we find you revealing yourself to us. And we thank you that you did that. Even though you didn't have to, you chose to. Uh, not for our benefit, but for your, not for your benefit, but for ours. Uh, to reveal yourself to us so that we can know you. Uh, who you are, your nature, your character, and your great love with which you have loved us in Christ Jesus. And I thank you that as we're learning more about you and about your kingdom and about how it operates, uh, that we're growing into the image uh, that you have designed and ordained and destiny set for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So we started uh, a couple weeks ago, but uh, last week we were talking about the soul, right? Our soul and how we have maybe a lack of understanding around it that comes from a lack of attention and results in a lack of care. Right. Care for our soul. We read in Genesis chapter two where it says God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living being or a living soul or the Hebrew would flip it around and go a soul living, a soul alive. And so that happened. That happened for us. That, that, that is what we are. And then we also see Jesus say things like this right here, that what does it profit a man? What does it benefit anyone if they gain everything in the world and yet forfeit or lose or give away their soul? So we saw that the creator did a marvelous thing in mankind when he breathed the breath of life into him and he became a soul alive. And then we even see the savior speak about it. We talked about it last week about how our soul, while it's hard to define because it's hard to wrap your arms around everything that it is and that it does. But one of the things that it does is it integrates the different parts of us, lines them up, holds them together from our, our, our will, our core to our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, and even out to our body and our actions and our habits because those flow from those first two levels in the soul and right relationship with God integrates all those things together, aligns all those things together in his kingdom for our good. Amen. And in doing that, obviously that's only available to believers. That's only available to believers. That integrated soul, that, that rightly aligned and righteous soul is only available to believers because when we are far from God, sin fractures every part of that and it splits us and we know what that feels like, right? That disintegration. Those are some of the things we talked about last week. Number one, that our soul is there, that we have this interior life, that we have this part about us. We know that it's there. We know that it's important. We know that it needs to be redeemed. 
And then past that, we know that it needs to be uh, developed, tended to, or the biblical word that you would use is sanctified, right? Grown closer to him. And, 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 and we saw that. I want to look back into Matthew 16 today as we, could, as we talk a little bit more about our soul. And there in verse 26, Jesus said, what will it benefit or profit someone if they gain the whole world let, yet lose their life or lose their soul? Those two words are interchangeable in some translations, uh, soul and life, because our soul is where we find life. Right. That's where we experience life. So when he says that, what is he saying? What's he saying? One of the things that he's saying is it doesn't matter how much wealth uh, you accumulate, how much success you accomplish, how much influence you gain, wealth, fame. You can gain the whole world. And what does it matter if you're ultimately separated from God? Right. That's the way we generally read that. What, what does it gain a man if he gains the, what, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but forfeits or loses his or her soul? So yes, it does mean that. It does mean that. What, what does it profit you if you have all these things, but yet you're eternally separated from God? And it also means not just about our final destination, which is, that's that one. It's, that's very important. But it's also speaking about our current condition, how we are right now, what we're experiencing right now, life for us right now. What does it profit someone to gain the whole world but forfeit their soul? Not minimizing eternal separation and also not minimizing our current condition or how losing our soul affects us today, how losing our soul can affect us right now. To lose your soul means you no longer have that healthy kingdom integration, everything in order, his will into my will, my will, you know, that, that part that makes me a person, gives me the ability to have agency to decide that flowing up through my mind, my emotions, where I experience most things, how I think about things, and then out through my body or my little kingdom, the, the place that my will has the most effect is beginning in my body and then in my immediate uh, area surrounding me, when I lose my soul, all of those things begin to separate and be pulled apart. Again, that's torturous beginning now and continuing for eternity if that separation continues, right? Again, not minimizing eternal separation and not minimizing how losing our soul affects us right now, so looking at this passage and thinking on it and studying on it, um, I, I had a question for us this morning. I shared it with the group earlier today because it kind of fit in what we were talking about. But the question for us, for our souls this morning is, who is it that I am becoming? Who is it that I am becoming? Not just where am I going not just where am I going when I die, right? We, and hey, thank God. Thank God we have that eternal and living hope in Christ Jesus. Not, not only that, but who am I becoming right now today? Not only my destination, but who am I becoming? And, that's, and that, where am I going? That's something we have to answer. And that's why this is only for believers. Because we have to answer that other question first. We have to settle that first. 
But when that has been settled, where am I going when I die? We, we follow that up with, what am I becoming? What am I becoming? Because for believers right now, your life today, while you're still here on this earth, still a living soul here on this earth, this is a very important question for us to answer. Who is it that I am becoming? Who is it that I'm becoming? Because who I'm becoming will ultimately result in where I end up, right? Who it is that I'm becoming will also be determined by what it is I'm doing right now. What my current condition is right now and what I'm doing. Just like if you were looking at a map and you were trying to, first you have to figure out where you are, where you want to go, where you're headed, where your final destination is, and what the path looks like between here and there. And then am I doing the things that are going to take me closer to this destination or are the directions that I'm going going to pull me farther away? So we have to ask, where is it that I'm going? What's my final destination? And then we also have to ask, what am I becoming right here, right now, today? Who is it that I'm becoming? Because in today, it is just as important as where I'm going. I'll give you an example. Yesterday morning. Kelly and I got up about the same time and both of us got up after Luke. Now, when you get up after Luke at our house, you just lost the game because you try to get up before Luke. It's much easier on you if you get up before him, because you've got time to adjust to being awake and being alive in the world before Luke wakes up. And that didn't happen yesterday. Luke was up before us and he had been up for a little while already. So he is just live on Channel 5 already and we're sitting in the living room trying to drink our coffee. And we both like, you know, you, you like a little bit of that quiet in the morning. You know, let's, let's think about some things. Let's, let's get awake. Good. And he was not into that at all. He was all ready to move on to the next thing. Where are we going today? Where are we going today? Mama, where are we going today? Where are we going? Mama, where are we going today? Where are we going? Mama, where are we going today? And she was like, I don't know yet, Luke. I don't know what all we're going to do. I want to go to Dave and Buster's. Can we go to Dave and Buster's? Where are we going today? I want to go to Dave and Buster's. Dave and Buster's is like Chuck E. Cheese for bigger people. Um, and it's outside of Little Rock. And so he thinks that that's just the best place in the world. And then he's, he, he's just going bananas talking about this. Then he starts whining about it. Why can't we go to Dave and Buster's? I want to go to Dave and Buster's. Why can't we go to Dave and Buster's? And I'd already been studying this. I was like, Luke, 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 you got to stop, okay? Stop. I want you to listen to me. Where you're going today is not as important as who you're becoming. Now, he didn't get it, but it made more sense to me in thinking on this because he was all about where he was going, but his attitude in the moment wasn't good. Who he was becoming in the moment, he was, he was degrading. He was descending into, I'm going to whine. I'm going to have a bad attitude. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ugly. And so while that's where he wanted to go, it really didn't matter if he had ended up there, if he ended up there with this bad attitude. You see my point? So where he was going, where he wanted to go was good and fine. But here, right here in today, what he was becoming wasn't good. And even if he had gotten there, if he got there with that same attitude, you know, expecting it, being at Dave and Buster's to just anoint him with some type of happiness and joy that was untouchable in anywhere else. Even if he got there, he was still going to have the same attitude he had right there in the living room. And what does it profit a man if he gets everything that he wants but forfeits his soul? 
is becoming less than what he should be right now. And again, that was just an example for me. He didn't pick up on it at all. And Kelly kind of rolled her eyes. He's like, he's not going to get that at all. I understand what you're trying to say, but he didn't, he, he didn't get it. But I wanted to, to just use that as an example of where we're going Hey, is important, but who we're becoming on our way there is just as much important. Because if we, it's hard for you to end up in a found place when you are a lost soul. And it's hard for you to end up in a lost place when you are a found soul. And so while he was wanting to go there because he had decided in himself that was going to provide him a level of joy and happiness that is otherwise in, in, incomparable, unable to achieve anywhere else, if he gets there with the same bad attitude, it, it doesn't matter. And I believe that's part of what Jesus is telling us here. He's like, you can accumulate all that you want. You can accomplish all that you want. You can, you can gain everything the world has to offer. But if you lose your soul, if you become what you don't want to be, it won't profit you anything. If you become less than what he has called us to be, it won't profit us anything. So the question, who am I becoming? Who am I turning into? Who am I turning into? If you go to the best, which in Luke's mind is Dave and Buster's, you get the best, which in his mind is that thing in their little shop that costs $3, but you end up having to pay $20 in tickets to be able to get it. If you go to the best and you get the best, but you have the worst attitude, you're just as good to have not ever gone. You're just as good to not have ever gone because there is no profit in it for you. But we do like Luke does. We hang things out there ahead of us that we say, once I get here, once I graduate, once I get married, once I get that job, once I get the promotion, once I retire, once the kids get in school, once the kids get out of school and out of the house, once I, once I, once I get to here, then... I'll be happy. Then I will be whole. Then I'll be good. And that was Luke's argument. He's like, once I get to Dave and Buster's, I'll be better. I won't be like this. I'll be better. But when we do that, when we make the destination, especially anything destination wise in life, the ultimate for us, we set up a problem because when it becomes the ultimate, that means that I and you will do whatever it takes to reach it, including things that we shouldn't do. He had made that destination the ultimate. And so when we said no, he begins to argue with us. He begins to whine about it. He begins to have a bad attitude about it. And I'm not picking on him. I do, though, all those things. When I don't get what I want, I do all those things. I argue, have a bad attitude. I whine about it. That's what I do. It's what you do. And he, he began to do all of these things that he shouldn't do. that caused him to become somebody he's not going to want to be to get what he had made to be the ultimate destination. What he had set up as a goal, when you set that up as a goal and make that destination ultimate, you will be willing to do whatever it takes to get there, even if it's something that separates your soul. Even if it's something that harms your soul. Well, I got to get there. And if I tell the truth about this, I'm going to be two steps back instead of one step forward and getting there. I guess I'm going to have to lie about it. I guess I'm going to have to cover this up. I guess I'm going to have to be dishonest about it. 
Well, I couldn't, you know, I'm trying to make it to this destination, but this other person is my competition here and they're getting a little bit out ahead of me. I can't allow that. I have to stop them. So what am I going to do? I'm going to start saying things about them to try to sabotage what they've got going on so that I move ahead. Why? Because this is the ultimate. I've set this up as the ultimate. And if I lose the ultimate, I'm completely lost. I have to have it. And so I'm willing to do things that I shouldn't do in order to get to where I want to be because I've convinced myself that once I get there, though, it'll all be worth it. And so my soul begins to split because I tell myself I'm a good person. I do good things. Everything's okay with me because I'm headed to the good place. That's where I'm going. But then I'm also doing things that I shouldn't do. And my soul can't reconcile that me telling that it's a good person. But also I want you to do this. And, and the separation and the fracture begins to happen. And when that separation starts to happen, that's when I begin to hurt the most. But we're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Again, lie, cheat, steal, overwork, under rest, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get there. Because once I get there, then, 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 then. I'm happy, then I'm safe, then my, but he's saying, if if you get there and you've lost your soul on the way, you might as well not to go. You might as well not to go. The other thing that happens when we start to adopt that destination is ultimate and we put things up above uh, God himself and saying, this is going to make me right. I end up alienating everybody else around me because they can't be trusted because they're probably going to do the same things that I'm going to do to them. They're going to try to do it to me. It's funny when the more, the, most of the things that we are uh, suspicious and others about it is because we see it in our own heart first. Most of the reasons why we won't get up and speak is because, well, everybody's going to be critical. Everybody's going to judge me. And how do we know that we're critical and we judge everybody? <laughs> And so we just assume that everyone's going to do what I would do. And so we alienate everybody. We don't trust anybody because we've got somewhere to be. We've got something to get. We've got something to attain. And we make that destination. We make the, the, the obtaining of that thing ultimate. Again, think Luke and Dave and Busters. We make obtaining that ultimate. Then we'll sacrifice who we are today and we'll do things that we shouldn't do today in order to try to reach it and bring it about on our own. And what Christ is telling us is that will cause us to lose our soul, our, our, our integration, our rightness in connection there, everything flowing together. And when those fractures start to happen, it hurts us and we feel it. Again, because I'm telling myself I'm a good person, but I'm also telling myself I've got to do these things in order to get to this place. And it doesn't it doesn't go together. It doesn't go together. There's disintegration there. And that's why Jesus said, if you lose or forfeit your soul, it doesn't matter where you end up because you are already lost when you lose your soul. You're you're a lost soul trying to get to a found place. We're not lost because of the place where we end up, we end up in the lost place because we're already lost. Does that make sense? We don't become lost when we end up in the wrong place. We end up in the wrong place because our soul is lost, unguided, untended, and unhealthy. He said, you can get all that you think you want and more, and it won't be enough if you are lost in the process. We can end up where we think we want to be and be lost in the process. And he said, what does it benefit? What does it benefit you if you get everything that you think you want, but you lose your soul? Because again, the soul, very important. Very 
important. We can end up where we think we want to be in life and be lost. Meanwhile, that's not the only option. Amen. Aren't you glad? That's not the only option. Jesus, in verse 24, let's read that. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. When your soul is found, saved, rightly set and integrated, then you can, you, you can do whatever needs to be done, even if it means picking up your own cross and toting it. Even if it means walking through and going through difficulty. Why? In light of who it is that you're becoming. Again, it's an important question for us today. Who is it that I'm becoming? Not just where am I going, not just what am I doing. Who is it that I am becoming? And he's saying, if you're following me, your soul is rightly set. You can endure even difficulty and become who it's best for you to become. Because you won't be, you won't be as concerned about what it is that you're going through in light of who it is that you're becoming. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, you'll have to turn there, I'll read it to you. 2 Corinthians 3 and 17, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit is, there is freedom. We all with unveiled faces, we don't have to hide, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of God. He said, we're looking as, as we would look at ourselves in a mirror, we're looking at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into that same image, the same image of what? The glory of the Lord that we're beholding, Jesus Christ himself, that when we look on him, as we look on ourselves in a mirror, that as a believer, you're being transformed into that same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit or by the power of the spirit. That we are meant to become something and the something we're meant to become is more like Christ, more like the glorified Savior that we put our faith in, that we follow. We're meant to become more like him. And he's saying, if you will keep looking at me, the spirit himself will work in you to transform you into that same image that you're looking at. So when Jesus is saying, follow me, he's also saying, become more like me, not just a better you. We want to become a better us. He's saying, I don't want you to become a better you. I want you to become more like me, more like me. And that is so much important than what you get. That's so much more important than where you go is who you're becoming, who you're becoming. Who is, my, who is my soul becoming? And as a believer, again, we've got the ultimate destination question answered already. As a believer, a lot of this and almost all of this is up to me. It's almost all up to me because your soul is steering its own self. Your soul is directing your, your, yourself through your days, through your nights, through your life. You're steering you're steering what you see. You're steering what you seek after. You are steering those things. What you become is important. And it's a result of who or what you're following and what you're doing or what you're not doing. Who you become is a result of 
who or what you're following, looking to, seeking after, and what you're doing in the seeking. Jesus says the more we focus on our own life or our own self, the more we lose ourselves. Isn't that ironic? The more you focus on yourself, the more you will lose yourself. Why? But because we, we overload the cart. We try, to, we try to put too much on ourselves. Well, I just have to get better. I just have to get smarter. I just have to be better about this. I just have to be better about this. I can fix this. I can do this. I, I can get, and, and you're getting out there on your own and you're putting more on your soul than it was ever meant to bear. Because while it is marvelous and it is mysterious, what God himself, the creator, did to us when he breathed that breath of life into us and we became a soul alive, there are things that we aren't supposed to do. And one of the things is to bear the full weight of all of those things by ourselves. We're not supposed to bear the full weight of all that we are by ourselves. What happens when you use something in a way it's not supposed to be used? Something breaks. Somebody gets hurt. So you see that break and that fracture. And when we have that when we start to have those fractures, when we get out on our own or when we get out what I would, you know, you've heard the phrase, when we get out over my skis, like I've gotten out too far, we usually have one of two responses. The first one is pretending. That's the first one. Pretending. I'm okay. She's okay. We're okay. Everybody's okay. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. No, everything's good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. When it's absolutely not. When it's absolutely not fine. That's our first reaction is just to pretend like everything is fine. If I keep pretending like everything's fine, maybe it'll be fine again in a little bit. But it usually doesn't end up that way. So pretending is the first reaction. The other option is confession. I'm not okay right now. I'm not fine right now. Things aren't fine. Things are really difficult for me right now. I've been having a really hard time right now. Right now. Pretending or confession. One results in us pushing further and further and further. And one results in us stopping and going, hey guys, it says I'm I'm having it tough right now. I'm struggling right now. And, And scripture speaks on that to us in Philippians. Philippians 2 and verse 1. It says, if there is any encouragement in Christ... If any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the spirit, if any affection and mercy make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. And everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. This is a beautiful passage. I love the way that Paul wrote that. He said, is there any encouragement in Christ? Is there any consolation in love? Any fellowship of the Spirit? If all these things are true, he says, if all these things are true, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. What? Amongst the body. Amongst the brothers. Think the same way. Be united in spirit. Be intent on one purpose. And don't be selfish. He said, don't, 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 don't focus on yourself. Well, I can't, I can't say anything about this. I mean, I, you know, if I say something about this, they're going to think I'm having trouble. Well, I am having trouble. 
He's saying, don't think more highly of yourself and less of others. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others is more important than ourselves. And everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And the beauty there, what are we becoming? One of the things we're becoming in him is a family. That's what we're becoming. And family is supposed to be able to be honest with each other, right? To not have to pretend. It's that home is the place where they have to take you no matter what state you're in, right? That's what the, home is where they have to accept you because <laughs> it's home. That's what he's saying is that we're also becoming a family, a family who considers one another more than ourselves and who honestly together follows Jesus, not by ourselves, but together. Together so we don't feel the need to pretend when we need to be honest. We know that we can be honest because we think higher of others than we do ourselves. Like they're going to understand. They're going to receive me. They're going to love me. They're going to support me. They're going to help me when I need help. We have to get away from these these different attitudes of um, I, I either have an inflated view of myself, like I'm superior and there can't ever be anything wrong with me. And I always have to keep that up and I always have to be super strong and I can't ever be vulnerable and I can't ever have a hard time. I have to have that high inflated view of who I am or I've already realized that I can't do that and I go right down to the other uh, to the other end and I have a deflated view of myself where I'm awful. I'm bad. I'm not even nothing compared to everybody else. I'll never be anything. I'll never be able to accomplish anything. I'll always be down here. I'll never be better. And we're at either one or the other and both of them are hurting us. One or the other and both of them are hurting us, not inflated and not deflated, but family, honest, trusting one another. And helping, helping, helping one another. That's what he's called. Who am I becoming? I want to become one that helps everybody. And that knows that there's people around me that can help me when I need it. That's what I want to become. Again, honest with one another, trusting one another. Jesus told him, he said, hey, y'all, take up your cross. He was talking to a group. Take up your crosses. And follow me. But y'all are walking together. Each of you toting a cross, which isn't interesting. He talked about picking up the cross and carrying it well before he actually did it. I'm wondering what they thought that was about. We read it with the end in mind, but they wouldn't have seen that part yet. He told them to take up their cross. Y'all follow me. Walk together. Eyes on me. So when, when what am I becoming? I want to become more like him and closer to the brethren because he's close to the brethren, right? He's close. So I know that they'll be close as we become more like him together, not pretending and honest with each other. Because what does it profit or benefit someone if they gain the whole world but lose their soul? To gain the whole world but lose their soul. And who you become is a lagging indicator of what you're valuing and what you're doing. Who you become is just a lagging indicator. It means it's going to be affected by and point back to what it is that you value, what it is you're seeking after, and what it is that you are doing. What you're following. Because look, your soul has needs. It's going to look somewhere to have those needs filled. We're going to talk about those needs, what our soul needs in the next couple of weeks. The things that it needs... And where we look, what we look to to fill those needs, what we follow is who we become. 
That's why Jesus said, if anyone wants to, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to follow me, the question is, what do we want? What are we becoming? It's going to be driven by what we want because we're going to try to shape ourselves into the one that has that thing that we want. What are we becoming is driven by what we want. He says, if anyone wants to follow me, he must deny himself. It's not about me. It's not about me. I don't have to maintain this inflated view or or, or this image of myself that I've had to build and craft and uphold and somehow sustain. He said, let him deny himself. It's also not on me. I can't reach it by myself. If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself. Then what? Take up his cross. Even when things are tough, even when things are difficult, even when I go through adversity, if I'm following him, what I'm going through doesn't matter as much as who I'm following and what I am becoming, who I'm walking with. Take up your cross and follow me. Keep looking at him because where, where's he going? Where's he leading me into good and right and better things, right? He's leading me home, moving forward in this life, but he's leading me all the way home. If anyone wants to follow me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. What if I'm having a hard time? What if I'm having a hard time? Then you are not unique. And we should face that with honesty and confession and trust. It's what we need. That's what the body is there for. Is there any consolation of love? Is there any encouragement in Christ? Be of one mind, walk together, not thinking highly of yourselves, but instead preferring others. And walk together as you follow him. What if I'm having a hard time? You're going to have a hard time. You're going to run into hard times. Nobody in here hasn't run into hard times as we follow him. And again, when we dealt with it by ourselves, how much harder was it? How much harder was it? And when we dealt with it together, how much, how much better was it? We want to become the people that walk together thinking of and preferring one another. And again, who am I becoming? I'm becoming more of what I'm already doing. I'm only going to become more of what I'm already doing, what I'm already valuing, what I'm already seeking after, and what I'm already doing in my day-to-day life. I'm only going to become more of that. Again, we don't get to go to bed at night and go, God, hey, lower my blood pressure for me, right? Just do that. No, it's going to already be a product of who I already am and what I'm already doing. And if I continue that and don't change it, it's not going to change. Who we are is, 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 is built out by what we're already doing and what we're seeking after. What if I'm having a hard time? You're going to have a hard time. What if I've done it? What if I've done it all wrong? What if I've done it exactly like you said earlier, where I sought after the wrong things and I did the wrong things to reach it and I tried everything that I could and my soul is just in shreds, just tatters and it's hurting and I'm in pain. What do I do now? I've ruined everything. I have ruined literally everything. Whether you're there or not, we can all picture that from where we are that I've just ruined literally everything. What did Jesus say? He said, come here. Come here. Who? All you who are tired. All of you who are worn out. 
All of you who are burdened under a heavy load, you're trying to carry life on your own. You're trying to do it by yourself. You were trying to become something that you couldn't be and did things that you shouldn't have done to try to get there. And it's worn you out. Come here. He said, come here. And not for a whipping, not for a scolding, not, 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 not for a lecture. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Carry what I would give you to carry. The, the, the teaching, the lifestyle that I would give you to carry. For, for, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I am gentle and lowly in heart. Learn from me. And you will find rest for your souls. So the good news is even if we've messed it up, the most it could ever be messed up. He's still big enough to put it back together. He's still big enough. And in him, I can become who he has called me to be. And he can save my literal soul. And put it back together. I end up in the right destination. Yes, hallelujah, amen. But I'm also not suffering now. I'm not tortured now. I'm not ripped apart right now. He is big enough to save me today. He saved me and he keeps saving me. And he sanctifies me. And as I look at him, I become more like him. When we find ourselves broken, when we find ourselves pretending, when we find ourselves sinful, when we find ourselves either inflated or deflated, right? No, I can't. Nothing can be wrong with me. I got to be superior. I got to be the one who everything goes right with or nothing's ever going to go right with me. I saw that. I couldn't do it. It, Whether which end of that spectrum we're on, ending up in that where our soul just feels lost. We don't have to stay that way. If that's who you see yourself becoming, that's not the final answer. It doesn't stop there. It doesn't end there. That doesn't have to be the end for you. Why? Because he said, come here. He said, come here. He has saved and is saving your soul. By grace, you've been saved through faith and not of works. It's a free gift. It's unmerited favor. And we can walk in that the rest of our days. He said, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone wants to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And and our soul, our soul does want to. Our soul does want to follow him, whether we realize it or not. That is that's what we're seeking after, because he's better than Dave and Buster's. He's better than anything we can imagine. He's better than anything that we that we hung out there for ourselves and said, once I get here, then He's better. And he said, come here. And so our prayer will be, help us, Lord, to see you more clearly, to follow you more closely, and to love one another like you've loved us, because then that gives me where I'm going, who I'm becoming, and who I get to walk with on the way. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that when we were lost, you said, come here. Thank you that when we were broken, you said, come here and find rest. When we needed help, you said, come here, I'll be your help. When we needed healing for our soul, you said, come here, I'll give you healing for your soul. And thank you that you've given us the answer to who we want to become. And you've given us wisdom to look into ourselves and say, am I doing what I need to be doing to become 
who I want to become. It's not based on me. We know I can't do it by myself, but am I following you? Am I following close after you? Am I engaging you on all the avenues of grace that you have made available to me so that my soul can under your lordship be rightly aligned and I can experience the peace and the joy and the rest that comes from being in you? And then when I'm having a hard time, you've given me people around me to remind me of what the truth is. So when I don't feel the truth, it can be laid in front of me as a reminder. Or when I'm having a hard time, there are those who would help uh, build me up and keep me on the right path. Help encourage me in following the straight and the narrow. What does it profit me if I get everything that I think I want, but I lose my soul? I lose you in the process if I'm far from you and I live. I have to relive that over and over again of being far from you. God, my life's not going to be easy, but in you, in you, I can tow the cross. In you, I can do whatever needs to be done because it's not me that's doing it, but Christ in me, the hope of glory. I thank you for this marvelous work that you've done in us, given us a soul. You've made us a soul alive. And I thank you that you're leading us into the good and right paths for our soul. That we won't be on our way to the found place, but living like the one with a lost soul, a hurting soul. But you came to heal it. You came to give us rest. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that are out from among us today. I know some are traveling. Some are in weakness in their body. I thank you that wherever they are, your grace is sufficient. I thank you that rest is theirs. Those that are working, that they work as unto you. And not as to reach something that they have laid out ahead of themselves as a goal. But you are our goal. And you're our heart. And you're our hope. And Lord, keep us close. Keep us close to you. As we abide in you, abide in us. And I thank you, Lord, that in you, we have everything that we need. As we go today, keep us in unity together, the unity of the faith. And God, as we go through this week, that your grace is sufficient for us. Your strength made perfect in our weakness. That you've given us everything we have need of because of your great love for us. Lord, that we'll see you more clearly. We'll follow you more closely. And then we get to enjoy the benefits of a saved soul starting now and lasting for absolute eternity because of how good you are. And we thank you for that in Jesus name.